0: All right, 2nd Chronicles chapter 9, please. You'll find 2nd Chronicles right after 1st Chronicles. That's how I always remember that one. <laughs> and as you turn to 2nd Chronicles chapter 9, I just wanna say what an incredible privilege it is to be here for three, for three reasons today. Uh, number one, I'm really blessed by Montana Bible College and its presence here in this community. Not every city in Montana has a Montana Bible College. You know that, right? Or anything close to what the Lord has really blessed the Gallatin Valley with in this school in the influence that the faculty and the staff have in this community and the influence that the students themselves have in this community. It is an incredible privilege to have this school right here. And so I'm honored and thankful just that I would even be invited to, to be here for at all, even allowed in to walk the halls for a minute, let alone to share with you. And, and so it's a, it's a privilege. Number, number one, for that reason, Uh, Second, the second reason I'm really excited and thankful that I'm here today is because of you, the students, not just that it's Montana Bible College or the blessing in the Gallatin Valley, but it's a privilege to be able to speak to you today, those of you who have said, Lord, I want to follow you, I want to serve you, I want to go to Bible College, I want to hear what you have for me, I want to learn more of Of who you are, I want to get trained in you and and seek your face. And it's a privilege to be able to speak, especially to young people who have set their course, their life course, to seek and serve the Lord Jesus. It's an incredible privilege, great opportunity. And the last reason I'm really thankful to, to be here and privileged today is because I get to talk to you about Bible reading today, about personal, private, systematic, daily devotional Bible reading. What a great honor and a privilege that is for God's Word is our daily food. It's our daily nourishment. And what a privilege we have to have God's Word and what a privilege we have to be able to read God's Word and to get into God's Word every day. So let's pray in then 2nd Chronicles chapter 9. Lord, we're we're thankful for this time we have together before us today. And we're thankful for your word and how you've spoken to us through your word. We're thankful for our teachers. And we're thankful for those who have instructed us in your word. But today, Lord, we talk about private reading, private study. And Lord, how grateful We are to have the Holy Spirit speaking to us personally through your word, an opportunity we have every day to come to you. And we think of how the Queen of the South traveled from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and indeed, a greater than Solomon is here. So bless our time. As we look into your word, about your word today, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 9. Now, when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to Jerusalem to test Solomon with hard questions. Having a very great retinue, camels that bore spices, gold in abundance, and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. So Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing so difficult for Solomon that he could not explain to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food that was on his table, the seating of his servants... The service of his waiters and their apparel, his cupbearers and their apparel, and his entryway, by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. Then she said to the king, It was a true report, which I heard in my own land, about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe their words until I came and saw with my own eyes, And indeed, the half of the greatness of your wisdom was not told me. You exceed the fame of which I heard. Happy are your men. Happy are these your servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God who delighted in you, setting you on his throne to be king of the Lord your God. Because your God has loved Israel. "...to establish them forever. Therefore he made you king over them to do justice and righteousness." And she gave the king 120 talents of gold, spices in great abundance, precious stones. Uh, There never were any spices such as those that the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon." And also the the servants of Hiram, the servants of Solomon, who brought gold from Ophir, brought algum wood and precious stones, and the king made walkways of algam wood for the house of the Lord and for the king's house, also harps and stringed instruments for singers. And there were none such as these before before in the land of Judah. And then verse 12, our final verse, we'll read. And now King Solomon gave to the queen of Sheba all she desired, whatever she asked, much more than she had brought to the king. So she turned and went her own way, she and her servants. Now, 2 Chronicles chapter 9 does not speak to us about, or exclusively about daily Bible reading. But, I see something of, of personal, private time with the Lord right here from this text. In fact, I could have turned to many texts in Scripture to talk about the importance, the necessity that we have to spend time with the Lord, to go to the Lord personally. And, and so when I received the invitation to, to come to, to this chapel, and then I heard that the theme through the year was going to be spiritual disciplines, And I I looked at the calendar, and I'm a simple guy, but I was able to figure this out, that I was probably the, the first chapel other than the introductory chapel, and I would probably have my pick of whatever I wanted to talk about. And sure enough, that's the way it was. And I heard Gail last week shared about just spiritual disciplines in general, and I said, oh, can I talk about daily Bible reading? Bible intake as a means of a spiritual discipline And so Bible intake, a means by which we discipline ourselves to personally, privately read, study, memorize, hear God's word. It surfaces on many fronts, from the discipline to paying attention to a sermon, to studying in-depthly, to memorizing, and to reading. But ultimately, all of the aim of Bible intake would aim at meditation. That's our goal. And, and of course, all spiritual disciplines or no spiritual disciplines are an end in themselves. That's where legalism jumps in. That's where people say, well, I read my Bible for five chapters or 10 chapters today. And it's an, as though it's an end in itself or that God will reward you just because you are so diligent that you read five chapters or that you prayed for so long or that you fasted for however many days. No spiritual discipline is an end in itself. It's always a means for an end. And that means is to know the Lord, to grow in the Lord. And and like Jonathan Edwards would say, it's like putting ourselves out on the highway where God can meet with us. Does God have to meet with you as you get into his word? He doesn't have to. He's a debtor to no man. But will God meet with you when you get into his word? I would say so. He does do that. And he does that for us. And so we want to talk today about one aspect of Bible intake. There's other aspects. Hearing, studying, memorizing, all for the goal goal of meditation. But today I just want to talk to you specifically about daily Bible reading. systematic Bible reading. And how that can benefit you. The story that we've read from Scripture is of a queen in the south who has heard of the fame and the glory of Solomon. She's obviously, from the text before us, a very wealthy and knowledgeable woman. In fact, the reports that she's starting to hear about Solomon are amazing her, causing wonder in her heart, and and even some doubt and skepticism. Could he be that great? Could this king of Judah really be that awesome, this king of Israel? And so she, she travels, and we don't know how far or how long it took, but probably a, a, a month or more. And Jesus described it this way, the queen of the south came from the ends of the earth to sum up how, the, how far the journey must have been. And she comes, and as she gets there, as she arrives, she is blown away. She sees all that he has. She, she sees the, everything from the, the decorations of the, the temple to the, the happiness of his servants, to their apparel, to the food that they were eating, to the entryway into the house of the Lord and the manner and style of worship. And, and then she begins to question Solomon and ask him, and we know Solomon not only knew of scriptural and biblical and, and eternal truths, but he also knew about trees and agriculture and, and building and, and all manner of wisdom in the world. And there was nothing that was so difficult that, she, that Solomon could not answer her. And there was no spirit left in her. And she was able to declare that this indeed... Was a true report that I heard? In fact, more than true. Half wasn't even told me. The real deal is better than the report, is what she said. So what does all of this have to do with Bible reading? Well, let me begin just by saying this. There's an incredible blessing that we have to be taught of God's word from gifted teachers, to hear sermons, to have parents that lead us in the ways of the Lord. But there comes a time, right, for all of us, when the reports have to cease being reports about God. And, they, and we have to see the Lord. We have to trust the Lord for ourselves. There, there is sometimes there has to come a time where the word of God ceases to be reported on by others to us, to where we become like the Bereans and search it out ourselves. And we... And as we take time to get into God's word, the word of God gets into us. And, and we could even say the half was not told us. So I want to look at the text here and, and consider a couple of things from this angle about this, about this text. And first, we, we, I just want to talk about the journey. It says, so she came to, she came to Jerusalem there in verse 1. Again, we don't know how long it was, but she planned it out. Summer has just ended, and I'm sure you took a trip somewhere. And when you took a trip and you planned, you planned out the route that you would drive or you had a, a, an itinerary, I really believe that systematic Bible reading is really important, that we would actually plan out a route by which we would take time to hear and read God's Word let me say something about spiritual disciplines in general uh, in, in the in regard to as we talk about maybe planning out a route to read God's Word have you ever had somebody talk to you about their physical discipline their gym routine or their diet that they're on and only been greatly discouraged by the conversation you're like, well, I'm just a lazy bum compared to that person. Unless you're doing that and more, then th- those conversations are rarely encouraging. Boy, I, I better step it up a notch. That guy's Mr. Fit, I suppose. And I believe the same can happen. If you're going to draw from within the community this year and hear guys stand up and talk about all their days fasting and all the, how, however much Bible reading they do, You're like, oh man, that that guy's Mr. Spiritually Fit and I guess I have a long way to go. Remember, it's not an end in itself and it's not a means of comparison. And I actually spent time praying that my words would be discouraging to nobody today. Only encouraging. Only encouraging more time in the the word of the Lord but not discouraging you about whatever method or plan you have have set forth. But I want to say, have a plan. I really want to say that. Have a plan to get into God's word. And whether you take that or not, whether it fits into who you are or not, I'll leave that up to you. But I want to say, have a plan to read God's word. And every year in in December and January, we pass out Bible reading schedules to our church. And we tell people, read the Bible. And there are people that have come come to Calvary that have never read the Bible. And this reading schedule will get them through the, the Bible in a year, and Psalms and Proverbs twice through the year. And, there, and so many have said, oh, it was so wonderful. We've never done that before. Just to get through the whole Bible in a year, so wonderful. And a part of the email that I read it was asked, like, share... A little bit about what you do, and maybe some practical ways about how you get into God's Word. And so here comes Mr. Fit for you. Okay, (laughs) here's here's what I've done. Not in a means of comparison, but I didn't I didn't bring Bible reading schedules for you guys. Why? You're just not everyday Joe Schmo. There are some that don't even know how the Bible's laid out, and so I give them a Bible reading schedule. But you do. And I remember nobody needed to give me a Bible reading schedule because I have a brain and I have a Bible. And I'm like, how many Old Testament chapters? How many New Testament chapters? How many days in a month? And how many pages? And should I read pages or chapters? And, and for about 15 years of my life, somebody gave me this Bible three months ago. And you don't give a pastor a Bible. They're so particular about it. You know? like, and I was like, I'm not reading that. But then I went on vacation Jan- July 1st. I'm like, I'm going to take that new Bible that person gave me, and I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it in three months. That's what I, I used to do. I used to read the Bible every three months, four times a year. And so I'm like, I'm going to just take it. I'm just being refreshed as I'm reading it. But for the longest time, I had a Bible that had 1,095 pages, 843 in the Old Testament. I would read Psalms and Proverbs two chapters a day. You already know the math. There's 181 Psalms and Proverbs divided by 90. That's, every, that's you know, four times a year. You can read two a day. And I always start there. And then I would be eight pages in the Old Testament. And then I would read three chapters in the New. And you can just get through the Bible in four months quite easily. And then I would just divide it up and, and map it out in 13 chapters a day. But then that was too much sometimes. And I would go down to just twice in the Old Testament. Or, and then, and, and then maybe just three or four times through the new, throughout the year. However, like Jonathan Edwards would say, meditation gets in the way of reading. And I will, will read my Psalms. I start every day, I read two Psalms. And then I reread them. And then I meditate on them. And sometimes it's 50 minutes and I'm just leaving the Psalms. And then I'm skimming the rest. Did I say skimming? He did. He said that. I don't read every word all the time. And I'm like, okay, I know those chapters. I've been through it. And I'm, and I'm turning pages, but I'll still turn every page. And I'll look down there. And I'll just kind of take my finger and run it down the page. And I'm like, okay, I'm kind of being reminded of that story as I do. But then sometimes I'm going to lock and load right there in Chronicles. And I'm going to read every word. But my Luke passage, my Ephesians passage, I might go a little faster through. All I know is that I try to carve out, if I can have an hour of reading with meditation, it's so helpful for me. I close my eyes and I think through the word of God. I close my eyes and I think about God's word. Sometimes I'll do this in about a 30 second to a minute or two swoop. I'll close my eyes and I'll think of the faithfulness of God from Genesis to Revelation. And I'll just let my mind kind of land wherever it does as I just do that, as I think about my Bible. And I'm just overwhelmed by the goodness and the faithfulness of the Lord. And it's happened because I have set out a course to get into God's word every day. And some days it's very dry, you know that but there's other moments that it's very rich. And sometimes it might be a verse from here, and sometimes it might be a verse from there. But I would encourage you, whatever your course is, set it out and get into God's word every day, whatever that is for you, however many chapters or verses that is for you. And it's okay to spend 20 minutes on one verse and two minutes on all your other chapters. But read it. I'm not saying I don't read it. I'm able to go a little faster through some portions because I've diligently made myself read every, every word on every page, at least some of the times, right? <laughs> I read it. I read it. you just got to read it. But reading's not the goal. Meditation's the goal. And meditation's the goal to get to Christ. But reading is the gateway to get to meditation. you got to read it. So you set out a course. And then as you get into it, we're just amazed by it. I notice here where they're in... Chapter 9, it says that she spoke there in the end of verse 1, that she spoke with him all that was in her heart. When you get into God's word, there's an opportunity for the Lord to unpack what is in your heart. And I cannot tell you the incredible benefit of coming to the Lord in the morning to get into his word and have him speak directly to you about the circumstance and situation that you are in. That very thing that is burdening your heart. That question that is on your mind. That thing that you need to know about. And there, right there, in God's living, breathing word, he speaks to you. And you say, how did you know, God, in heaven, that on the day that I was dealing with this, I would be reading that? And we speak to the Lord about all that's within our heart, and or we could say the opposite. When we get into God's word, he speaks to us about all that is in our heart. And he really does teach us. He really does instruct us. And I don't know how he does it other than he's the sovereign God of the universe, but he is so timely and so specific. When we read God's word, we get information, encouragement, strength, rebuke, what is needed right when we need it, when we privately, personally get into God's word on a daily basis. And there was nothing so hard, so difficult there, verse 2, that he could not explain to her. All of, all of life's mysteries are summed up right here in God's word. And when we get into it, how we can understand and have big pictures about what's going on in the world around us, how everything comes into perspective. There's times that I'm, I I serve on the board at Heritage Christian School, and sometimes a board meeting will run late, and I don't do my best thinking after 10.30 at night. And uh, we've tried to cap the meetings at that point for that very reason. <laughs> and, and, but there are times that a meeting will run late, and I'm baffled by what we're going to do, and that next morning I wake up and get into God's Word. There's wisdom. There's clarity. There's... Information needed. This is my rah-rah message to you about about daily Bible reading. And then verse 3. You know, she sees all of this. Not only the wisdom of Solomon, but the house, the food, the seating, the apparel, the service, the entryway. When you familiarize yourself with the word of God and especially with the lives of the people. In Scripture, when you familiarize yourself with the stories, and not just the big stories, but all the stories, of the men and women of Scripture have trusted the Lord, you say, look at God's people. Look at their apparel. Look at the house. Look at what God has done for them, what he's provided for them. When they looked to him and relied on him, look what he did for them. When they turned from him and turn their back on him, look what happened to them. And you're able to just be thrilled by the people of Scripture and, and you want to find yourself there and follow them when they do what's right and learn from their lessons when they do what is wrong. But there's these high and holy thoughts about how good and faithful God is to his people so that when you're threatened or when you're in need, you're able to look through the Bible and say, these are the men and women of Scripture who have trusted the Lord through His Word and look at what has happened for them. And that's exactly what I, I'm, I'm thrilled by and want to be myself one of the Lord's people. Look at their apparel of righteousness, robed in the Lord's righteousness. Look at the, the doorway that they go up into the house of the Lord. Christ is the door. Look at the, the food on their table of them being nourished by the words of the Lord. Look at their service. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. and We just can be so blessed by what God has done for his people. And in verse 5, it it says that she, she, the queen of Sheba, said, It was a a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. In fact, I, I did not believe the words until I came and saw them with my own eyes. Indeed, half of the greatness of your wisdom was not told me. The reality of the message of God's word is made known to us when we, when we personally read it and apply it to our lives. And there are the great truths of God's sovereignty, of his faithfulness, things that can be somewhat of a conundrum in circles as we discuss. And, and we get into God's word and we say, this is true. And the reality, the truthfulness of God's word really does bless us. I found myself recently holding up God's word and just saying, God, it's all true. And not that I was doubting it. Not that I've, I've doubted It. it we all have our moments, but, but I've really just, I've just been overwhelmed as I've just lifted up the word, even as I've been reading it in the morning and just saying, every promise of your word is true. Remember when Joshua came into the land, and it said not one good word failed of all that the Lord had promised, and remember how, um, and, and remember, of of uh, the words to Sarah, and and God did for Sarah as he had said. He he visited Sarah as he had spoken. And there is something about the truthfulness and the reliability, the, the validity of Scripture that comes to us when we read it and we see it for ourselves. So she said it was a true report. It's really true. It's a true report. And then she said, I didn't believe until I came and saw with my own eyes we hear amazing messages we are blessed by men and women around us that have trusted the Lord for themselves but like those in in the city of Samaria when Jesus visited the woman and she went in and she said come find a man who can tell me all things I ever did and he's the Messiah and it, many came because of her word, but then it says, many others did not believe until they heard the Lord for himself. And there is the reality of us hearing the report about Christ, but then going to Christ and getting our own report. Some of you are called to be pastors. Some of you are thrilled that maybe God might call you as a pastor. And pastoral ministry is not just regurgitation of what you heard in Bible college or what you read in a commentary. Pastoral ministry is when a man meets with the Lord and then shepherds his people thusly and says, this is the faithful God whom I have known. And I do know, and I know through the pages of Scripture myself personally, And it won't be enough just for your people just to hear you. You also must point them to the Lord and to their own private time with the Lord. And so, in another word about pastoral ministry, if you're in sermon preparation, I mean, there's no greater time saver in all the world (laughs) than to be reading the Bible every day yourself. Now you're studying your text you're going to preach on Sunday and you just close your eyes and you, it's like, as I heard one friend say, it's like a train just runs then like through the pages of scripture and you know, with all these empty cargo slots and you're just throwing little bits in from all the other places you're thinking about the, the scripture. You're like, oh, I got all this information to illustrate my sermon and to back up the, this text I'm now studying because of my, my, just my knowledge of scripture as it is and just personal private time and how it, how it even blesses the sermon preparation. And lastly, lastly, it says here, she says half of it was not told me. And, and there was something overwhelmed in her heart. Uh, the half of the greatness of your wisdom was not told me. Just that little phrase. I just am You know we have worship songs that are kind of like this. Like there's just not words to say. And there are realities about God as we as we think them ourselves, as we read them ourselves, and God speaks to them ourselves. That really we say the greatest of the greatest sermons was never this good, never this good of what you just did in my heart. And then we find our words fail when we try to tell somebody else what the Lord has spoken to us through his word, when he just has really given us what we needed that day and he's revealed himself to us, we can say the half of your greatness was not shared with me as I've met with you here. And so she, in essence, pays a tithe to Solomon, but Solomon gave her much more than she could ever give him. And when you get into God's Word, you, you might be like, I'm giving the Lord some time this morning. He's going to give you much more than you can ever give Him as you get into His Word, as you systematically carve out a time when you can read God's Word. And I love to do it in the morning. I like to read before I check my emails or the newspaper or talk to one of my kids. I like to read first and foremost to get right there, get into God's word. First and foremost in the morning. And as in Isaiah 40, it says, He's given me the tongue of the learned. Morning by morning, he wakes me up and he teaches me so that I would have something to say to those who are weary in due time. He's he's taught me, he's opened my ears. Morning by morning, he teaches me. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for these eager students already of your word. I'm preaching to the choir here. But I do know from my own history that this time gets threatened. And it's a needed time. It's a needed time with you. And we all need to hear from you. We need to read your word so that we might consider it, so that you might speak to us, because your word is so true. Through your word, we were taught of salvation. And through your word, we have all things that that pertain to life and godliness. It's through your word, Lord, that we know you. For truly, from the pages of Scripture, the, the Son of David is revealed to us. A greater than Solomon. And we just want to be those that go to you, to hear from you, to receive from you, that you might lift us up and build us up, that we might be true worshipers, strong in you, that we might have something to share with others. So thank you, Lord, for your word. And would you take whatever from this time would be encouraging and throw away whatever might might be discouraging. And Lord, plant it in our hearts and bless, bless each of us as we as we walk with you in the light of your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.